0: Tierra Signal from Trav Market Media, and I'm Linda Philippi out in McMinnville, Oregon, wine country of Oregon. So beautiful here, and we survived our fires, and the grapes are great, and it's going to be a wonderful vintage. So our guest today is Lauren Goldenberg, and she is with the Family Traveler, is her travel business, but she's going to talk to us today about another passion, which is competitive Olympic weightlifting. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Thank you. Okay, Lauren. Why don't you give us a little bit of your background about you and travel, and then we'll we'll move
1: into the other part in just a moment. Well, I've had my travel agency, The Family Traveler, for the last 20 years. I was I come from a traveling family. Was fortunate to live abroad after um, I finished college before graduate school, and then after graduate school. I went on to work on the men's tennis tour in communications and also in event management where I traveled full-time on the tour for about five and a half years all over the world. So, of course, I just fell in love with the whole world culture thing, but then I became a mom, which is something I really wanted, and I was struggling working outside the home and the commute and the daycare and everything. So my husband, my ex-husband, he uh, encouraged me to start an agency, a travel agency, because I had done so much travel and it was a great idea and I hit the ground running and five years later, my sister joined me in the business. So that was really, became really family oriented, our business. And I was a passion of mine to raise my daughter as a global citizen because I was really into all that. We had like birthdays from around the world and nursery rhymes from around the world and Mm -hmm. everything was global related. And she now lives in Prague. uh, What does she do there? She is teaching English at a bilingual public school. She has a undergraduate degree in linguistics. She actually spent a high school year abroad in Estonia on the Rotary Youth Exchange and always wanted to try the expat life. So this is her time. And wow that's
0: really exciting yeah, so uh, c- clearly now you're still doing the the, the travel business yes we're trying <laughs> right well yeah same, same as me right same as all of us we're, we're all in the boat together um, but is your focus still on family travel
1: we've kept it um, you know my sister and I were lucky enough to raise our children work from home run our business and we just it's just something we became so knowledgeable about that we just didn't want it you know, leave it behind when our kids grew up. But um, we really enjoy the whole family travel arena. We especially love the multi-generational travel, which is something we did yeah. as a family. And we do other types of travel. We, we don't turn people away because they're not doing a family trip. So we, we do have a nice variety of clients, you know, covering a nice variety of destinations. So it keeps us on our toes. I
0: could imagine. Yes. And hopefully... Next year we'll be dancing a little faster. Yes. than we are this year. So, well, then let's transition a bit and talk about your your motivation and your and your
1: passion to get into the competitive weightlifting. I have always been athletic and kept fit in high school and junior high school. I played any sport. I didn't care what it was. I just oh, had really? fun. <laughs> played basketball, you know, tennis, track, field hockey, whatever it was. And I really couldn't get past the level of high school athletics because I'm quite short. I'm only four foot ten. So I really couldn't compete on a college level. My parents missed the vote on the gymnastics. So and my sister and I are both very athletic, the one I work with. So that's kind of fun. And she played completely different sports than I did. So we didn't compete with each other. And we had a dad who was really into winning <laughs> and really encouraged that but we we just had a great time with it and learned a lot of lessons. She actually played college volleyball she she was she's a fantastic athlete. so when I got to college, I kind of missed being active, so I started working out in a gym and swimming and running and trying different things and I really just kept going. I never stopped my fitness, even when I started traveling on the tennis tour. After that, becoming a mom, it was just always part of my lifestyle was going into the gym, throwing around some weights, doing some cardio, you know, the basic robo gym. But in my 50s, I had heard about CrossFit and I I was kind of scared to go. I thought it was something I probably have done in like my 20s and 30s, but I didn't realize you could scale everything down according to your abilities. So I finally walked into a CrossFit gym at 52 and I just fell in love with that whole sport because it's actually a sport It's competitive. You get to compete against all the other people in the gym from teens to the masters. And part of that is weightlifting. The Olympic weightlifting lifts are part of the CrossFit workout. So it was fun to learn that. And then I tried to do some competitions, which were fun, but I knew I couldn't really be as good as I wanted to be, again, because of my size. Right. And also the CrossFit itself was taking a little bit of a toll on my body. It's It can be a little rough. So right at the time when all that was happening and I was looking into just what people were doing in Olympic weightlifting, because it's a sport where you compete against your age group and your weight class. So it's oh, fair. Oh, perfect. Right. It's, it's fair. Just like, uh, what do you, you call it? Uh, boxing. Yeah. There's a lot of sports. Wrestling. Yeah. There's a lot of sports that go by age and weight. Mm -hmm. So at that same time, my gym decided to start a weightlifting team because a lot of CrossFit gyms do have some specialties in the weightlifting. So it was perfect. It was just perfect. So we started a team and right away, I wanted to compete and that's how it got started. So I
0: I can see you and I are 180 degrees apart when it comes to exercise I was the person who had every excuse in the world cramps for 30 days out of every month you know to get out of PE the whole movie so looking at your face and seeing how fit and beautiful you are I'm like Thank oh you. man I love it I love it I love your story it's, and I was going to ask you about if you if you worked out alone or if you've had a trainer or a team so clearly it's a team sport for you in a way
1: well it like CrossFit, we we train together, uh, even though it's an individual sport. When you go out onto the platform and you lift, you're by yourself. But right. we train as a team. We have great coaches at my gym, Crucible CrossFit. Lance and Colleen, you know, I've been there for like seven years doing CrossFit and moving into the weightlifting. So it's like a big family. Um, my team is a lot of actually masters athletes who got, you know, into the weightlifting. We're all really support each other in our endeavors in weightlifting and the competitions. so it it, it it does feel like a team sport in that sense
0: mm-hmm. and, it, and it gives you i would think a, a lot of support in terms of you know when you're having a good day or you're having a bad day you just kind of you have people to bounce things off of and all of that
1: it comes from the whole crossfit mentality in crossfit The person who's come, who's last gets the biggest cheers. It it really is a a fun environment for working out and as a sport because everybody is just always cheering on everybody else. And that, you know, comes into the weightlifting as well because of that same mentality. It's nice. Well, that's how you lift each other up, isn't it? Exactly.
0: I love that. So let's go back to your gym. Tell us where you're located in, in
1: in the gym that you use. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. This okay. is where the men's tennis store has their headquarters down in Ponte Vedra, which is the next county over. And mm-hmm. also the golf tour is there. So that brought me here and I stayed. I belong to Crucible CrossFit. It's in Jacksonville. And it's just, a, as I say, it's a, it's a big family there. It's a nice place to, to go and work out and throw around some heavyweight. Well, so how long
0: were you, were you training Before you thought about the competition, there was it pretty much right
1: away. Well, I had been doing the lifts through CrossFit for many years, so it wasn't new to me to learn how to do those lifts. It was definitely still a learning curve, and it is still a learning curve to be. It's because it's really technical the aspects of the two lifts that we do. But I had done some research and knew I was kind of competitive in my age group and my weight class, so I was eager to get out there and just get started. So we had you start on the local level. And I went to a competition with some of my teammates and I didn't have much success on the first few lifts, but I turned the mindset around and I, cause I was like, why are these people watching me do this? But I turned the mindset around. I'm like, just show them what you can do. Here I was, you know, in my fifties, I didn't have anything to lose. You know, it wasn't like a young person who's trying to get into the sport to compete in the sport on a really high level. I was just having fun. So I turned, shipped the mindset and that was everything. It just clicked. Just go out there and show them what you can do and have fun. I love so that. So I did the local it, competition, a few of those, and then that uh-huh. leads you to get to be able to go to national competitions based on your results, which then leads you to do international competitions.
0: And so we should just
1: mention the fact that you are the national Olympic weightlifting champion. I'm the current national champion. We just had our a competition virtually this year because of mm-hmm. COVID. And I am also the current world title holder. Are we you? Did a competition in Montreal last year and I won that. And then I have records that are on the, I have one world record and then there's three records to hold in weightlifting for each lift and then your total. So I have the national records and the Pan Am records, which are, you know, the Americas. We have a group. So, yeah, I didn't I had no idea I would get to that level. It's just sort of icing on the cake because I'd still do this if I didn't have records and didn't win titles. I just do it because I enjoy it. So now, does this have when you
0: say the uh, Olympic uh, weightlifting champion but that that's like the regular Olympics?
1: No, it's called Olympic weightlifting. it's It's the weightlift uh, competitions that are part of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the clean and jerk which is a a movement, two movements and the snatch, which is one fluid movement. And then uh, yes, so it's just called Olympic weightlifting. We have our own master's Olympics that's supposed to be next year in Japan. And it's the master's world games. And it's a competition for like like lots of different sports that masters compete in. And we hope to go there in May.
0: I can. I hope that you get to go. So talk about um, some of the most important components of your success. What, what has really
1: done it for you? Um, in regards to weightlifting, one is I like to compete. You know, my sister and I grew up playing a lot of sports, we mm-hmm. sports, especially team sports and what it does for girls and the confidence you gain from playing sports. And also our dad, he was like, did you win? <laughs> and not that it was that important to us personally, but he 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 always got excited when we did well. So I, I think it helps if you like to compete because you're, you know, going to really put the effort and the time in to a level where you feel you're going to do your best. And that's, you know, that's where you, what you should do when you get to that level of putting in the time and the training and the diet and the good sleep and all the other aspects of trying to be a best athlete you can be. So, yeah. I love that.
0: Do you, do you have any sponsors that sponsor you or do you do endorsements for
1: products or services that you find useful or helpful? No, not really. I think, uh um, There are a lot of weightlifters and other athletes who are using the social media platforms to become those influencers and then getting that kind of support. It's not something I'm that interested in or I think it's that important. I'd, I'd rather share my story so other older people could say, I'm going to get off the couch. I'm going to go give something a try. Whatever it is, just moving and doing any kind of fitness, athletics, that gives me great joy—is to be a good role model for that behavior. And so, I have a question: Do you even eat Wheaties? <laughs> I actually gave up cereal and most carbs because uh, I'd rather eat chocolate.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so, so uh, the reason that you're not on the Wheaties box is simply because you don't prefer the product, not uh, because they haven't asked. I love that. Uh,
1: okay. I'd love to see them showcase Masters athletes. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's such a great. A great thing that you know older people can compete on a on a pretty high level
0: yeah. is that what it's is that what it's called masters athletes
1: masters or person? seniors we call them okay. masters in weightlifting so there's a you know some people call it seniors our sport considers a master at age 35 oh. and those athletes are really still very strong and this year in nationals there was a 90 year old lifting oh my heavens Wow. It's amazing. And, and you think, oh my gosh, that's another 30 years of lifting for me. If I could keep my body in one piece, that is just, just blows my mind that somebody it. is still competing at that age. Now, one of the things that I
0: wanted to talk about, because I know that I was using those, those terms sort of interchangeably, is the bodybuilding versus the weightlifting. So you want to talk about the difference between that?
1: Well, the term bodybuilding can, in essence, mean anybody who goes and works with weights, you know, to tone up their body. But there's mm-hmm. a sport called bodybuilding, which is those athletes who work really hard to shape their body into something like a. Sculpted. Sculpted. <laughs> the bigger, the better.
0: Yeah. It <laughs> so looks like is- they're, it's out of marble. You know, and you see them and they're all oiled and I don't know when they spray tan and oil and they look like they're made out of bronze or something.
1: Yes. Now they, they spend a lot of time in the gym sculpting their bodies and Mm -hmm. that's their goal. And their competitions seem more like beauty pageants where they're just, you know, going out there, although it does take a lot of strength to do some of the poses that they do. But in regards to weightlifting, there are several different strength sports that people do Olympic weightlifting, what I do with the two lifts. But there's also powerlifting. They do three different lifts. CrossFit is considered like a strength sport. There's these strongman competitions where they like throw big, huge concrete stones over their I've shoulders. Seen, and, yeah,
0: you know, I've seen those a little bit. Yeah.
1: So they they all kind of fit under strength sports. Bodybuilding itself, to me, means you know those people who are doing the sculpting. Mm-hmm. It's all about the look and how big they look.
0: So when you, when you do a competition, you're not spray tanned and oiled? No. <laughs>
1: no? We use chalk on our hands to, to, so we can grip the bar. Uh-huh. But no, we, we, we go out onto the platform and we get three chances for each lift. If you miss one, you can decide to stay at that weight or move up. Uh, but the goal is to get the highest you can in each lift. And then you also get a result for your total and we, it, the competition is, goes past just your age group because then you can win your whole age group, all the weight classes. They base it on your weight oh, and your age oh, okay. and your total. And then they actually have like a grandmaster of the event, the best lifter of all the groups, you know, if you get to that level. So mm-hmm. I once won my age group at a competition. It was actually called the Arnold and it had all the strength competitions there. And my coach was like trying to figure out how I could do it. Cause he could see what the other women were, were going to uh, what they used for their entry. So that worked out. And then it allowed me to go to a big national event with a lot of the young people. And so that was really fun to be able to do that.
0: Okay. So when you say what they use for their entry, what does that mean exactly?
1: Exactly. So every competition has a minimum amount that you need to qualify. So they'll okay. give you a total. I'm going to an event in Savannah that is actually one that doesn't have any qualification. It's, it's not required. So there is always a chance for beginners to come in. But most events have a qualification score. And the higher level of the event, you know, from local to national to international, the more you need to get in. And so put in your entry and you have to at least do a certain percentage of that entry. So there's a little bit of calculation that you do to try to decide what you're going to use to enter and then how you compete. The only one that's really the hardest to get into is the world championship because they only take a certain amount in each age group because they don't want more than like 800 to 1,000 athletes in a competition. It would just take too long if they let oh, everybody yeah, yeah. Oh God. So right. they have to narrow it down somehow, so that's that's the one where you know you have to try to do your best because you're they're going to take the top five in each group. So when you go onto the platform and
0: you're going to do your competition, I'm assuming it's the kind of weights that have got the like the weights on the end of the bar, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. so you pretty much know I mean you're not trying to lift more than you've ever lifted before on that platform you're You're doing something you know you can do, or how does that work exactly? Well, since you get the three lifts,
1: you generally start with the lift that you know you can get because you need at least one one to go, or else you don't you can get you won't mm-hmm. get a total. So your coach really kind of tries to help you figure everything out, and it's all in kilos. So sometimes I have no idea what I'm lifting because I usually lift in pounds in my gym. <laughs> so that's kind of good. You just go out there and you lift it. So you have three tries. So you use that those tries to try to do what you know you can do and go a little higher. Because at a competition, the adrenaline and the whole atmosphere and the amount of caffeine you pump into yourself is really conducive to hitting those, what we call PRs, personal records. And that's the place you do it because it's just the whole atmosphere. So each event I've done, I've I've had good success in PRing, but I think I'm hitting a kind of a plateau. I mean, at some point you can't, especially at our age, it's like, how much can you go? But then technique really comes into play. And that's what you keep practicing and keep practicing. Because if you can get your technique down and make your technique better, you're going to lift more. So okay, we, we chase the kilos, as we say. You know, each time you try to go up a, a little bit. Some people can go up higher because they're stronger. Some of us go up just a little bit. So
0: what is that thing, you know, the, um, oh, it's like that mental thing that they do. And, and it was like for golf and you can watch this thing and you can visualize it and it makes your golf game better you know what i'm talking about right
1: your visualization is a big part of any sport and i have a, a teammate who is a, an amazing athlete she competes on the master's level in crossfit and mm-hmm. does fantastic weightlifting and she was a diver in college jen Dieter. she's amazing and she you can watch her before she left she's doing you can see her doing the visualization because she did mm-hmm. it for diving she uses it in weightlifting, and I, I, it's something I, I think I need more practice on. But she can literally see herself doing the lift and doing it, the technique properly. So it is a, a big aspect of sport is the visualization, the confidence, the, you know, there's a lot of elements that go into your success, but that is a big part.
0: I'm almost feeling like for you starting out at such a young age with, you know, such a supportive dad and all of that, that you really, I mean, confidence was never something that you lacked in terms of your ability to, to tackle a sport or something difficult and, and make it work.
1: Yeah, that's what, you know, finding success and, and being involved in sports does for girls. It, it really is such a confidence builder and having teammates, uh, you know, it's my daughter, She she. She was a theater girl, but I made sure she did some sports and tried different ones um, to have that whole team effort, even though theater is very much of a team effort. You can't do a play by yourself so much. You know, and then I think some people are just born with a, you know, who want to compete and who have that, that kind of drive. Some of it's innate or whatever you call it, or genetic. Some people have it and some people have to learn it and practice it.
0: So I was the person who, like from a very young age, was never never coordinated, always lame, you know, pick last for kickball, and just as soon have me sit on the bench as, you know, look at me twice kind of thing. So I never really had that kind of, I don't know, confidence about sports or anything physical in that regard. And I wondered if you have ever seen anybody like me walk into the CrossFit gym and sort of blossom. Definitely. Have you seen
1: that? Definitely. I, I've seen... Athletes of all shapes and sizes come into our CrossFit gym, learn how to do the movements, scale down to a level that they could do and just get a workout because that's all you're in there for is to have a good workout and then just get better and better. There's so many benchmarks in that sport where you know you're doing a little bit better and you just do what you can. Definitely. Definitely. That's uh, actually um, rather heartening,
0: I suppose, because you know, we all—I'm about the same age you are—and we all get to that point in life where you think, "Okay, it's use it or lose it, honey." <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's like there's, a of, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of young people who gain confidence through through the arts, mm-hmm. and in other ways. You know, being you know in the scouts and becoming a leader. You know, there's there's a lot of paths that people take to gain those types of skills that definitely help you when you get into running your own business and and failures make you stronger. You know, there. it's not just sports. For me, it was sports, but there's there's a lot of past. To that.
0: But, you know, I think that the specific um, aspect of sport and or exercise in general, it does become more important as one gets older. We were someplace, and where was this? It might have been even on a cruise or something, where you go and you listen to the guy give the, you know, the talk about what you might want to do in this. And he said, when you're 20 it takes 20% of your effort to get up out of a chair. When you're 80, it takes 80% of your effort to get up out of a chair if you haven't conditioned and stayed physically active and kept moving through your life. So unless you want to be the 80-year-old who can barely get up out of a chair, the time to get moving is now, whatever whatever now looks like in your life. I mean, wherever we are on the spectrum, it's time to get moving. So I, I, I think that's really encouraging, actually.
1: Well, that's the one thing that CrossFit sort of emphasizes with older athletes. They call it functional fitness, and they really have tried to help older people um, with with movements that actually help you get out of a chair when you're 80. Right. I mean, it, it's to, they're they're totally on track with that whole philosophy, and also in regards to diet. I mean, you know, the the amount of unhealthy people in in our country is evident now with COVID. And, um, it kind of reinforces the importance of movement, functional fitness, sleeping well, eating well, you know, the whole healthy lifestyle.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, um, I was going to ask you, I mean, maybe with COVID and nobody's all that busy booking travel these days, but how do you, typically, how do you integrate what has to be a fairly challenging, uh, training schedule in with, with running your business? When my
1: business was busy, I was really busy. We, you know, we were running a very successful business. Just, you know, tons and tons of great bookings, great clients, great families. We've been working with for years and years. So I always used the fitness as my stress release. Oh, okay. So I know I had to keep doing it. But yes, it was challenging to work all day and then go to the gym at night. My husband was not happy, you know, with with that. So it's hard to, you know, keep all the balls in the air and keep your priorities. We worked it out where he he didn't mind me going to the gym at night and then I wouldn't do anything on weekends. So we'd have the weekends and that was our time to spend together, um, enjoying things that we like to do together, like taking long walks or biking or, you know, whatever it was, going to the symphony or whatever it is. Um, And we've sort of worked it out that way. But now I have a gym in my home because of COVID. I put one in my garage. So the commute's a little quicker.
0: Okay, great.
1: So that helps. I I would like to go back to the gym at some point when we're comfortable with that. But yeah, it's not easy if you're working the way we were working, the way I was working, to have the time for everything. Yeah. Of course,
0: yeah. That it's you know it's always I think that work life balance that we struggle with, and at, at some point you think, okay, well the kids are grown, so I've got more time. But then life kind of rushes in like the tide and fills up what you thought was all that empty space. So um, you know it just it just does kind of work like that. But I was going to ask you about your husband. So does he
1: is he into weightlifting at all or no? Um, <laughs> he was actually a gymnast in high school. So he has that background, which he really enjoyed. And he enjoys, you know, movement and keeping fit through things that aren't as crazy as what I'm doing. But uh, he he was never a huge fan of CrossFit because it actually, he knew how passionate I was about it. And it was challenging for him to feel (laughs) that, you know, I could balance it all. But uh, he's come to realize that it's something that's really important to me, something I really enjoy doing. So I don't give him a hard time about things that we don't have in common that he likes to do. So you, you find you find the balance. Um, but he 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 has come to some weightlifting competitions with me. He he is supportive, and you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, and we were
0: talking about hopefully getting to go to Japan next spring. Um, do you ever build trips around um uh, where you're going to go like for example japan would you ever put together a group and say let's do japan for a week like after your competition something like that do you do things like that at all or not so much
1: um i, I only went to my first international event last summer in montreal mm-hmm. and of course we did plan um a trip to Montreal and taking advantage of Montreal and then we took the train up train up to Quebec City and spent time there So I would plan for my husband and I um, Mm -hmm. I I've been to Tokyo when I worked on the tennis tour and I just was fascinated by Japan and the culture So I'm really looking forward to doing the competition first and then moving on and we'll do a whole tour of Japan I don't think I could do a group because I really it would kind of Freak me out to worry about all those plans Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if I was also having to worry about my own competition I don't. I don't think that would particularly work out. Um, there are a lot of athletes who um, who do um, like fitness-related trips, um, put together fitness-related trips, mm-hmm. and get all t- together all CrossFitters or all weightlifters to do um, to do trips like that. So mm-hmm. you know that's maybe a possibility down the road. I, I do have a big interest now in wellness travel but I don't know if I want to give up the family travel to go into the wellness travel because I am passionate that even when people go away, I have a lot of very fit clients. And when they go away, they want to be active because it's really fun to be active and try new things when you're traveling. So right. I, I am passionate about that. And, but who knows? Who knows? Right.
0: You know, it, it, it is fun though, to take particular clients and kind of integrate obviously what they like to do, but, but to bring your own background and passion, for movement and fitness and exercise and all those fun things. I would imagine that you have lots of great ideas for families, you know, in particular how to get the kids moving and mom and dad moving and even grandpa and grandma a little bit if they want to or whatever, right?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, even we do a lot of FITs to Europe. We do a lot of custom travel. So it's great to to encourage people to go and do a bike ride in the countryside, you know, just Mm -hmm. to be active or taking a hike, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, climbing mountains, you know, little mountains, or whatever it is, there's, there's a lot of opportunity to, to be active. And then there's also all that nature touring, like going to Costa Rica, it's all about the nature and being active. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my clients, I said, you're gonna have so much fun doing all these activities, but you're really also going to have a unique vantage point of the nature from each activity you do. So when you're on a horse, you're going to see different things than when you're on a bike or on your feet or doing a zip line. I, I just love the whole aspect that that just expands the your experience by doing the different kinds of activities. That That's one of our favorite parts of traveling, my husband and I, all the walking miles and miles and miles a day. And then you really can eat a lot more that All right. right. But on vacation, I, I do, I
0: feel that way. You can eat and have a great time because you're just walking it off. I think, wow, this
1: really works. <laughs> it doesn't even feel like you're walking because you're having exactly. fun, you know, mm-hmm. looking at new places and visiting new things. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, I love it. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. So, yeah. so what's about you? What, what are some other fun things you do besides travel and weightlifting? What are, what are some of the things you enjoy? I like to read. I like to watch other sports. Do you? Uh, you know, yeah. A- any sport. I just like to watch, like the Olympic channel, I can watch it all day. And I enjoy doing puzzles. I enjoy um, learning different kinds of calligraphy. Oh, are you? Um, And what else? I, I love to travel, of course. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> we all love to travel and here we all are, flying yeah. behind the desk. I know. And now we have time to travel. Right. Now we have yeah. the time. <laughs> So I was going to tell you, when, when, um, you, when you mentioned watching uh, the Olympics, my favorite, my real favorite is ice dancing. Yes. And I think if I were your size, I would love to be an ice dancer. And I, I, I used to tell my husband, well, I think we could do that. And he looked at me and he's like, I'm not sure I could get you up over my head, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you give me a few months we'll work into it you know who who cares but did you ever look at something like that because I mean because of your size like the, the, the the physical things that your body is more adapted to you said you missed the boat with gymnastics but like I think
1: oh my god you'd be the most darling ice dancer i i I grew up skating, I grew up in Philadelphia, so we grew up in you know with winter and we used to skate all the time. I don't think I was particularly great at it because I have flat feet and flat feet oh. and figure skates it's not comfortable so oh. but I do enjoy skating i I love watching skating. I have cousins who are really involved in skating and ice hockey playing at the rink that I grew up going to when I was a kid, but uh yeah, there aren't that many sports that are good for for small athletes, so um yeah. I, loved, so, I love watching gymnastics.
0: But you but you, but you you found one. So how yeah. did you get from Philadelphia to Florida? Well, that was because of the, your job.
1: The, right. The, the tennis. Men's Tennis Tour is based here. And a few years before that, I was kind of moving around to different uh, tennis events, helping on the event management side. I was down in South Florida and Miami. I went out to Los Angeles. I worked in New York at the U.S. Open. I went up back to Tel Aviv. That's where I'd lived for the year. Worked on an event there. So I was moving around a lot. And then I got the full-time job on the tour which is like the ultimate. I mean, running around wow. the world with all these professional male tennis players is was a really <laughs> nice experience, um, you know, visiting all the different cities, meeting all the local press. I worked in the press room. I was like a liaison between the press and the players. So learning a lot about the players and helping them and meeting international press, local and international, um, it was a really I mean, it was definitely a highlight of my life to be able to do a job like that. I just, it was fantastic.
0: I mean, that's a great thing to do. So then when you did decide to stay home with your daughter or whatever, it wasn't like, oh man, I haven't done anything. I've never traveled. I haven't seen the world, you know? So somebody, the, the desperate housewife that feels like she's missing everything. You're like, no, I've had a great life. <laughs> this, is, this is cool. And, and transitioning into a chapter that felt really natural and organic for you.
1: Right. And I live vicariously through my clients. Where they go, I go. it's But right. like, I always say, oh, yeah, like, gosh, I want to get on the plane with you. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when somebody says, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm in Sydney right now, you know, because you're planning uh, Australia. Right. So, yeah, I always kind of feel like I'm, I'm I'm going there wherever they're going, you know, put my mindset wrap around whatever that culture is, because that's my passion is the world culture Mm -hmm. and the differences and the similarities and, and uh, focusing in on, on that when I'm working on a family trip, it kind of helps me, you know, guide them. Yeah. Different food, different language. Like I was so fascinated when I took my daughter, we went to Wimbledon, her dad was working in Wimbledon and then we went to Paris and she's asking me, why do they have different money, Mom? Why do they mm-hmm. speak a different language when they're so close? She, she was like bringing up all these things that, as an adult, sometimes you don't even think about, but from a child's point of view, like the whole that that whole culture thing opened up even more for me mm-hmm. through her eyes. Isn't that and wonderful? I just, I just loved it. I mean, we we've taken her to a lot of places. We we went to the Sydney Olympics when she was five and spent a month there. Wow you know, took her to Europe many times and then she lived in Europe. I mean, she's, she's Mm -hmm. my little global citizen, but that was fascinating to me is seeing that through her eyes as well. And then she went on to study linguistics because that whole language thing, why do we have different languages? You know, where does that all come from? And, you know, that was always of interest to her from Rotary. She, a lot of the people she met were interested in linguistics so I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. I started taking some linguistics classes online, you know, from the different open universities. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. I'm learning so much about world culture through, through the study of linguistics. It's
0: so I was that's another passion, yes. passion that you've discovered. Well, Lauren, thank you so much uh, for being our guest today on this show. And it has been fascinating to meet you and learn about you. And I really hope that one of these days we run into each other in person because it would be
1: so much fun. That would be nice. I, it was it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Okay, we'll see you soon.
1: Bye. Bye. thanks. have a great weekend. <laughs>